So when we practice, when we're sitting on the cushion, so to speak, we are asked to, great, we are asked to really sit and pay attention to whatever is going on in our experience. And while we're doing that, we experience pleasant things and we experience unpleasant things. And um, we're asked either way to pay attention, to be with it, to uh, internally be still with it. And in order to do that, we are having to cultivate patience. We have to. There's no other choice. Otherwise, we get up. And we do sometimes. Maybe some of you have a home practice or have tried to have a home practice. (laughs) And you know (laughs) that oftentimes when the patience isn't there to just be with either the mundane experience or the difficult experience, uh, we tend to just stand up. It's why sitting in a group sometimes is much more supportive Uh, when our home practice is just really difficult because we have kind of the collective um, uh, expectation that we'll all stay in our seats. So we do. (laughs) We follow the rules, right? But it's, so it's not really, it's not easy, but it's what we're doing. We're, we're, We're cultivating patience. And when we do have patience, it works both ways. When we do have patience, what are we doing? We are paying attention. We are listening. We are observing. We're learning when we're patient. When we aren't patient, we're just getting frustrated or we give up or we get uh, distracted and okay with our distraction. Um, So when we're patient, these other qualities arise. This other um, doing is happening. It's the doing of non-doing. We listen, we observe, we learn. And this is all uh, to cultivate wisdom. We need those things in order to cultivate wisdom. And that's what we're really doing here, not just sitting. We're cultivating wisdom doing all of this. So I'd like to read you a poem that popped up in my Facebook feed. And um, it's been, uh, it's really just a a stanza. And it has been very influential and inspiring to me in the last couple of months. This is by Rilke. Be patient towards all that is unsolved in your heart. Be patient towards all that is unsolved in your heart. And try to learn to love the questions themselves. Try to learn to love the questions themselves. This was really um, relatable. Um, There's probably probably no new moms in here tonight (laughs) because you don't get out of the house really as a new mother or father. Um, and so, uh, those of you though, who have experienced it or know people who have experienced it, maybe can understand that, uh, 
especially I think in these first few months, for myself anyway, there's been a lot of transition and a lot more than I thought. First time mom, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I love being a mom, but it's really hard. (laughs) And everyone said that, but you know, you don't really know until you know. And I think just like with any experience that any of us go through, that is a life-changing experience. We go through a period of time of, of actually relearning ourselves, of having to um, not only in this instance relearn me relearning myself, but relearning myself now with a new family. There's three of us now. And so we're all learning each other. And, uh, and it's difficult. It's, it's, it's really hard sometimes. And it's easy to um, get, get frustrated with the unsolved uh, uh, questions of, how is this going to work? Uh, am I doing this right? Or even just, what am I doing? <laughs> these types of questions that arise and it's really easy to for me to just jump into figuring out mode uh fix it mode but it doesn't really it doesn't really work that well other than you know the the momentary fixes oh yeah i think he needs to be fed right now or he's got a dirty diaper or something like that um the bigger questions uh, the life questions, they're not meant to be figured out right now. But it's really hard to remember that. And so what's needed is patience. And to to learn to love uh, the mystery of those questions. That we don't need to jump on getting the answers. Instead, what's needed often is to sit back and be patient, to wait, to listen to be present, to learn. So there's lots of situations in life that are like this, right? We, we enter these periods of time uh, when we fall in love, having to relearn ourselves. Uh, we enter these situations when we fall out of love, right? There's a whole reorganization that has to happen of who are we? When we have a new job, when we move somewhere, uh, when we've had uh, great loss in our life, we end up with these uh, big life questions. Maybe it's just life itself. We're asking, you know, life is going in a certain direction that we hadn't expected it. We, uh, this is not what we had expected at all. I think we all hit that point throughout our life. I was thinking about that actually earlier today, thinking, yeah, this isn't necessarily what I thought life was going to be like. And then I thought, I think I had that thought when I was 16 too. (laughs) And maybe when I was, you know, six. (laughs) This isn't what I thought it was going to be like. So we just, we do that as we go through life because of course it's not what we thought it would be. We have these ideas Uh, We have plans on this is the direction it will go. And then, of course, it doesn't go that way because we're not actually the conductor here. Uh, We aren't at that level of control of what is happening to us. 
things are changing. Uh, we just, we don't really get to say how it's going to change. And so we have to learn how to be patient with that. How to be with things when they aren't quite the way we want them to be. Being patient with ourselves as we uh, navigate the difficulties and the challenges that arise in these different life situations. When we go in to fix it, I have to figure this out. And I often talk to people um, in the community um, or on retreats when I'm teaching who are trying to figure something out. There's something in life. I would say about 75% of the people I see on retreat are there to figure something out. There's something that needs to be fixed. And um, as they struggle, and I've been there too on retreat. I have to figure this out. And as we struggle, whether we're on retreat or just in life, trying to answer the bigger questions of our life, uh, the more we do that from a place of non-patience, we're impatient with the fact that we aren't able to figure this out or that we don't have all the answers right now or we don't know where we're going with this. Um, The more we're impatient, the more we end up getting further and further away from the real answers we're looking for. We're actually getting in the way of ourself. We're getting in the way of just being with the experience of change. When we can actually be patient and wait for the answers that we're so longing for, it's counterintuitive. It just is. But when we learn how to do that, we're actually being with the experience from a place of wisdom. We're, ask, we're actually able to answer those questions from wisdom, not from impatience. When it's said like that, it makes total sense, but when we're in it, you know, it's, we forget. We just forget, and we get into the fix-it mode. Uh, This is a quote from Sylvia Borstein. She says, Patience is more the quiet moment-to-moment adjustment to unpleasant circumstances, done in knowledge that they cannot be other. It is wisdom. It can't be any other way than it is. So when we're in those difficult circumstances, when we are really struggling with something, trying to work our way out, like if we just could get through this, and we're fighting our way out sometimes, there's actually another option. It doesn't feel like that when we're in it. It doesn't feel like there's another option, but there is another option. There is another option When we sit and we listen and we pay attention and we learn, that's when the answers come. That's when the wisdom can arise. That's the other option, to be patient with it, to be patient. Father's Day was a few weeks ago. Um, 
And we, I got to spend time with my dad, along with my sister and my brother. And we took him out to a nice lunch, and um, we all sat outside. It was really warm out. And we did what we always do together, and we uh, teased each other, <laughs> and especially teased my dad. And we went through... Um, uh, kind of reminiscing some of the funny, quirky things that he did as as a father uh, when we were younger. And one of the things we were all remembering was when um, we, during the summer months, we would go on these road trips. Uh, we never flew anywhere. We always drove everywhere. And so we would drive either to relatives' houses or we would go camping. And um, oftentimes it meant, though, being in the car together for something like eight to ten hours at a time. And so that's three kids and a dog and parents up in front. And so you can kind of see, think about what that might look like. Um, and then it being packed with all of the stuff. And so naturally, as kids, we would ask at some point, are we there yet? <laughs> or how much further? And my dad would always respond, 15 more minutes. <laughs> it didn't matter how far. I never knew how far we were. It was always 15 more minutes. And so when we were younger, we believed them. <laughs> and so it was great. Now we know. And uh, you know what it would do is it would divert our, our boredom or our impatience for being in the car. And suddenly we had this ability to be with what was going on to kind of settle into that discomfort of being in the car. 15 minutes, okay. You know, and we would start playing a game or we would um, read our book or whatever it was that, that we could find to do because we could do that for 15 minutes. And um, it was just really, really interesting how his f- funny response was actually something that started to help us learn patience. And that's what I remember about this, is that we, we actually were able to be patient with, with that 15 minutes. Of course, as we got older, <laughs> we started to realize there was a pattern to this answering, and we would get pretty annoyed with the fact that it was always just 15 minutes. No, it's not. It's not, it's not 15 minutes. You always say it's 15 minutes. You know, and then he would laugh and say, it's just 15 minutes. And uh, so at some point, we just would give up. (laughs) We're never going to know how much further it's going to be. And so we would just give up. And there was something in that too. Something in that too. You know, in our our practice, and even in in practice off the cushion, uh, sometimes we just have to give up knowing that we just aren't going to know all those answers that we feel are so important to our survival, to our comfort level. Uh, Sometimes we have to just give up and let go, and we don't get to know. And what's interesting is what I remember from these road trips, even when we knew it wasn't 15 minutes, the response was the same. Once we gave up, we would find something else to do. You know, it didn't matter that we didn't have the answer. And so in practice, often that is the case. 
that we're, we're waiting for something. It's not on our schedule. It, it is never on our schedule. And so we, we wait, we sit, we listen, we observe, we learn. This is what we do. In Buddhism, there's a list of ten, uh, the ten parmis. And these are said to be um, the perfections of the heart. The ten perfections. And patience is one of them. It has uh, an important role uh, in this list and in our practice. And when I think about this idea of perfecting uh, patience, that we are not only using patience to practice, but also practice to increase our patience, to perfect our patience, our ability to be patient. Um, it makes me think of this, this comic that I saw. I, I, I don't know that it's from uh, The New Yorker, but I feel like it's New Yorker uh, worthy. <laughs> And it's, um, there's three chickens roughly drawn out. And one of the chickens is saying to uh, the other chickens, oh, and I think they're, in a, they're queued up, they're in a line. Um, and one of the chickens says, you have to learn to be patient. And the other, one of the other chickens says, learn? I want to be patient now. <laughs> And this is it. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> this is what we do. We do this in our practice all the time. It's a practice. I mean, the Buddha even laid it out in a path. I mean, there's this sense that this, this takes a while, <laughs> that it's, it's a journey, if you will. And, um, and we don't really have the, the foresight in the moment to see uh, what is the next valley and what is the next peak? Um, we don't have that ability. And so we don't know what that, uh, that path is going to look like. And so here we are trying to be patient. Uh, we have to learn to be patient. We can't just be patient now. The same could be said with, I want to be happier I want to be enlightened. I want to um, uh, just feel good sitting here in my body. You know, whatever, whatever it is for you. I want to not fall asleep every time I try to meditate. This is a journey. <laughs> it takes a while. It's not something we can just snap our fingers and have perfected. If we could, it, we'd all not be here. This place wouldn't exist. So there you have it. So when we do practice, uh, and we think of this as something to be perfected, uh, we can think of it as not only allowing our uh, practice to be um, more stable, although that is one of the things that comes out of being patient, is that there's a stability in our practice. Um, it does help with our, it helps with our concentration, our ability to stay. To be patient means that with all the stuff that is arising and falling in our experience, 
we are staying with it. We are that um, unmoved uh, observer in the middle of it all. That's what we're doing. We're that unmoved observer in the middle of all of it. It doesn't matter if it's pleasant or unpleasant. And so there's a stability that arises from being patient. It increases our ability to have tolerance. To have tolerance of those things that arise and fall in our experience. Now, on the cushion, that might be the hindrances, right? So it might be um, greed, aversion, uh, doubt, restlessness, sloth and torpor, sleepiness, disinterest. That might be what's arising. So often when we see the hindrances arise in our practice, all we want, right, is to be rid of it. We just want them to get out of here. You're ruining everything. (laughs) And what we're actually meant to do in our practice is to simply notice, oh, there it is. There's restlessness. It feels like this. And there we are, that quiet, still observer in the middle of it all. Not easy, but that's what we're doing. And when we do that, it doesn't give it fuel to continue. And so we watch it. Remember what Sylvia said. We, we are adjusting to the unpleasant circumstances, knowing that it can be none, in no other way. This is just what's happening right now. And it's going to change. It's not going to be permanent. This is wisdom. So it allows us to tolerate our internal experience. When we're able to tolerate and be with our internal experience, imagine what that does to our external experience. When we are with the people that are really difficult for us, for example, or when we find ourselves in a situation in our life that is really challenging or hurtful or uh, scary or whatever it is, uh, uncertain. We're learning how to wait, be patient with it, observe, learn from it, and then to move from there rather than our reactionary selves. It's really easy to move into our reactionary selves when there's a difficult circumstance outside of us. It feels justified even sometimes. We've talked about that in here. It feels justified sometimes. But if we are looking for more happiness, more peace in our life, uh, more wisdom, more connection, then that's not really what we're valuing. Our reactionary self is not actually what we're wanting to, to, um, to feed, to increase, to cultivate. That's not why we're here. And so instead, we wait. We're, we, we just wait and see what is a more appropriate response or a less harmful response or the response that will allow me to do the least amount of harm. So being patient 
uh, not only helps us overcome those internal uh, hindrances, but also helps us make conscious action and conscious speech. Another one that's not always so easy. To be patient, to wait before we just blurt something out. You know, we can cause so much harm with our words. Sometimes we think we just, we know, right? We know what's going on, what's the right thing to say. Um, Is that true? Do we give ourselves time to really think about what we're going to say, to really check ourselves, to check in with somebody else, to have them check us? Because, you know, even when we check, you know, Sometimes our little know-it-all self gets in the way and jumps in and says, oh yeah, you got it, <laughs> just say it. And it's not always the right thing, or it's the harmful thing. So patience. It's this ability to be perfected. It's an ability... Uh, that we've all played around with, that we've all struggled with. It's something that will stabilize our practice. It's something that will um, help us increase that happiness and that wisdom that we're longing for. I think, you know, uh, there's that term... Patience is a virtue. You know, we've probably all heard that, but not in the way that we wanted to hear it at the time. <laughs> you know, it's probably someone saying to us, patience is a virtue. It sounds like something my grandmother would say or something like that. But it is. It kind of has a bad rap for whatever reason in, you know, in that context. But it really is. It's a beautiful virtue. When we know someone who is patient with us, these are often the people that, care about us. When we know someone who's patient with us, even when we are our worst selves, and we know that we can still be with that one person, and they can really be patient with us. Or when we are the one being patient, when we're with that person, that we just know that they're struggling, and we have compassion for them. Uh, We empathize. We've been there. And we can be patient, and we can wait with them or for them as they're working it out. It brings in a strength. We can see that strength of patience in other people. We can feel that strength within ourselves. It feels really good. It makes us feel stable, strong, capable. We feel so much more capable in chaos, when we are able to reach down and bring in our patience. It's something that we can feel good about. It is a virtue. Patience is a virtue. So what I'd like to do is um, stop just speaking and, and open it up a bit and hear what other people have to say. I'm curious about your experience with patients. I'm curious if you have questions about patients. And uh, we can have a, a bit of a conversation about it and see how, how you're relating to it in your life right now.
Thanks, Carrie. And we do have the mic. This just helps for people who are having a hard time hearing otherwise. And also, we are recording this, and um, uh, that helps for the people who are not here but part of our larger sangha. Thank you, Kate, for such a timely topic for me, at least. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, I've, been in, in, I've been living in a lot of anxiety in the last few weeks. And they all tie back to patience and change. Mm. Um, I'm going to start a new job next week completely different rhythm. I've been a university professor for a long time, having flexibility, um, not ever needing a dog sitter or a dog walker, mm-hmm. uh, not having to drive for 100 miles to go to work daily. Mm. Now I took this challenge because I need some change in my life and I need some creativity outlet. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be driving to Mountain View four days a week it's a, it's a very terrible commute going in that direction. I, I'm opening my home to a stranger to come and take care of my dog. Mm-hmm. And I am very attached to my dog, and the idea of having him with somebody else is very difficult. Yeah. So in the last few days, I, I just let go one piece at a time. Just every day, I just make something happen. I said, okay, now I have a dog's walker. I checked her references, I, mm-hmm. you know, um, I did what I needed to do, but, but I'm one, I'm, I'm sitting with, n- none of it has started yet, but in my head it's all started and it's about to finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm anticipating, if there is, if there is an area where I have zero patience, is when I need to go somewhere and the traffic is not moving. Uh-huh. That's, it, that's, that's, that's where... Everything that I know, my wisdom just goes out of the window. <laughs> I am not, I don't rage or scream. I just, I just figure out a way, including violating the law. I've driven a few times on the, on the carpool lane as a single person because I just did not want to be in, sitting in that 880 traffic. Yeah. So I know, I know how to get around my impatience. Um, so I'm anticipating uh, the change yeah. Probably I won't be able to come here on Thursdays mm-hmm. because I will either come back home late or c- come home really tired. Mm. And I feel really sad about that. Yeah. You know? And if this job really works out because it's really exciting, there is a huge possibility I just move, move down to the South Bay mm-hmm. because I cannot do this commute for a long time. Yeah. So I'm filled with sadness and excitement and anticipation of the difficulty that comes with this choice that I'm making. And yeah. And, and, and I don't know if I can stick it, and my head is 10 steps ahead of what may happen. Yeah. So I really appreciate you talking about patience because that's what I needed to hear tonight. Oh, good. It's so relatable what you're saying on so many different levels. And it's what we do. We do. We get 10 steps ahead of ourselves, and we, it's like we can't help ourselves. It's just what our brain wants to do. It's like our brain thinks doing that will create you know, some kind of um, comfort. You know, if I can just map this out in my imagination, I'll, I'll feel more comfortable. And, and control. And control. Yeah. And of course, it's a complete illusion. 
It's a delusion, <laughs> right? But it's what we do. It's, it's part of being human. And, and this is what's so beautiful about this practice. We can catch it. I mean, you're catching it. You're talking about it right now. Even if you go home and stay up for hours, you know, thinking it all through, right, and just going through the possibilities over and over, you're catching it. Catch it. This is what I'm doing. And even at that point, and I'm saying this to you, but I'm saying this to all of us because I'm doing this too. (laughs) I'm like 10 steps ahead of myself. What am I going to (laughs) do? How do I go back to work? Mine isn't a, a dog, it's a baby, but I get it. <laughs> yeah, child care, the whole thing. How does this work? So, you know, uh, if we can catch it and then not only be, be patient with um, what, you know, the possibilities of what will happen and, and see if we can just wait without doing the 10 steps but being patient with ourselves when we catch ourselves doing the 10 steps. So there's both, right? When we see ourselves doing that really annoying habit in our mind that we don't just, you know, get hard on ourselves and and, uh, make it worse, really, that we're just patient. Of course I'm doing this. Of course you're doing that. That's a lot of change. So we bring in compassion. We bring in listening. What's underneath all of this? Oh, there's... There's excitement. There's a lot of energy here. There's a little bit of fear because there's so much unknown. You know, really looking a little bit deeper. You're sitting with it, listening, learning, and that wisdom comes in. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I am not in control. Right. <laughs> and that's really a tough one right now. So this is perfect. Yeah. Um, last year, I went to my niece's wedding. She's 30. Mm-hmm. And um, she was looking forward to starting a family. Mm-hmm. And Friday, she went in for surgery. And they opened her up. Mm. And they found a whole bunch of cancer. Oh. And so she's not going to have a family. And... I want to fix it. Yeah. I want to fix it, and I can't. And it's really, I just wake up. I've got this free-floating anxiety. I just like, <gasps> you know, I, yeah. want to, I, I, I want to do something, and there's nothing to do. And that is really hard for me because, you know, it's like, no, I'll give you a hug, or, I'll, you know, I can mm-hmm. fix it. I know. I'll make some brownies. Don't worry. It's okay. Yeah. Um, and there's, it's not going to happen. And there's so, it's it's such an unknown. Nobody yeah. knows. Doctors are totally flummoxed, and um, life is very uncertain. So you know, I'm I've been working for you know, Kate. I've been working for decades on, you know, yeah. life impermanence. Wow, it's right up. Real close and personal. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. No control. No control. Mm-hmm. And and you can do something. Of course you can. And and um, not to fix the cancer. So maybe maybe the doctors can do that. But there are other things that you can do. There's what's the saying? The action absorbs anxiety. 
So being patient doesn't mean that we have to um, stop responding too, you know. So there's other things, just being there for her and and maybe being patient for her. I imagine, you know, I don't know her at all or what she's experiencing, but patience might be really hard and fear might be really strong and the unknown is certainly there. And so to be, to be that uh, place of, of strength in the middle of the chaos you might you might be able to do that from time to time when you're with her that's an incredible gift it's a gift of love and baking brownies as well is a perfectly suitable thing to do and a gift of love yeah is she on our cards tonight on our meta cards no i didn't i didn't think about it but yeah i'd love to for everyone that's meta, please her name is poor kim What's her name? Poor. Poor. Kim. Mm. Mm-hmm. Poor Kim. Okay, we'll bring her in. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, about over here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so I think I think you've been touching on this in different ways, but something that I'm thinking a lot about in terms of patience is um, how it interacts with or is distinguished from indecision. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I find often that for me, I'm resting in sort of indecision uh, and I'm not sure when it's patience and letting sort of answers and wisdom come or when it's actually often aversion um, to making a decision or moving, taking some sort of action to mitigate that anxiety that you just spoke about. Um, So, yeah, I was just wondering if you could say a few things about patience and indecision. It's a great question. It's a great question. It's... um There's a few ways I want to answer it. I'm just kind of thinking, how do I? It's kind of appropriate. <laughs> I'm indecisive about how to. <laughs> yeah. So in this practice, it's, these are the questions that we want to ask. Um, I don't have an answer <laughs> directly to, to your experience. But the fact that you're asking and you're thinking about it in this way is, is right on. Um, when we start to catch ourselves, is this, am I really just being patient or is there a version here? Or am I being patient or is there some delusion going on here where I'm actually just avoiding making a decision? Um, which is not patience. <laughs> That's something else. Um, starting to, to look at our experience closer, really getting in there and seeing what are the different threads that are at play here. Because it's probably a combination of many things, right? It's not going to be one thing or the other. Life is much more full and complex for that. So it, it's, this is a really great question, and it's just like the poem, to learn to love 
these questions, to learn to love the, the unknown. And so this is the unknown. Is it indecision? Is it patience? Is it aversion? And the answer will most likely be different at different points of asking that question, which is there's something really incredible about that. And so really being in that moment-to-moment you know, conversation with the experience. And from that is where I bet you'll find your answer of what to do, of being able to make that decision, because you are being active in the process, right? So it is, it's, it's not just lay down and let life happen to you. It's not, that's not what's meant by patience. Be active in the experience. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. They, it's confusing sometimes because they really do seem like they're the same thing. But I think that the more you ask the question and the more you investigate, the more you get to know each one, oh, this is definitely patience, this is indecision. The more you get to know it, this is aversion. Oh, yeah, okay, now I really know what this is. The less confusing it becomes. It becomes actually really clear, I'm in decision right now. <laughs> I will be patient with that. <laughs> or I am lacking patience with that. Or, no, I'm really, I really I, these are my choices. I'm not ready to make them. I'm going to wait until it's really clear. I'm going to be patient with it. It'll be, it'll be so much more clear the more you are working with it. Yeah. Great. I just had a comment to the last uh, question. Mm. I think um, uh, it, patience feels calm in the body. Mm. Whereas indecision feels uh, like vibrations. Mm-hmm. You want to get up, you want to do something. Because if, especially aversion, yeah. it will not feel calm. Yeah. So it might be good to sit with that and just really look at the body, drop the question. That's a great way of doing it. Looking at the body, looking at the mind. What, what is it like? Indecision is like this. Patience is like this. Aversion is like this. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I just came back from sitting with my mom. She's 96, and she fell, and she mm-hmm. fractured her neck. Oh, I'm sorry. And um, as I sat with her in the hospital, um, I was able to drop down into my feelings mm. and look at her as someone who's suffering and someone who is my mom. And feeling those feelings was really helpful for me. I don't know if it's patience or compassion or loving kindness. They all kind of went to the same place. And the bottom line is that it touched my heart and I was open. Mm. It was, I wouldn't even say, it was painful. It was hard. Yeah. But the feelings made things clearer. And not that I can stay there, um, and I may have to go back and mm-hmm. be with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad I was able to feel the feelings, because yeah. I think when I don't feel the feelings, 
That's when I go into my head, my heart closes up, and then, then I'm running around. Um, but I'm so far able to s- just stay with some heavy stuff. Yeah. Mm, thank you. And having the confidence that if you, when you go back to sit with her, that you can do that. You know how to do that. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Okay. Oh. Um, I was, uh, I'm a two years now an empty nester. My daughter will be a third year student next year. And about a week ago, my younger, youngest sister called me about her 14 year old daughter and um, just having a really hard time and can't handle it and Anyway, it looks like I might be a mother to a teenager again at Berkeley uh-huh. High, and I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's really weird. Just It's it's exactly what you're talking about tonight, how yeah. we're not the conductor, and, and we don't know, and it, it's, it's, I don't, there doesn't seem to be a choice in it. Like, there's no other good option, mm-hmm. and at the same time, there's all these, like, blessings that I have a home that has space for her that I would have the ability to do it that I live in an area where she she has kind of some gender issues and mm-hmm. and she's she's been with us for like a week now and she's like everyone's so open around here everyone's <laughs> so much more accepting around here so it's oh, like good. I don't know the universe is is amazing how it shows up for us and mm-hmm makes these things happen that we have no idea. And, and, uh, but certainly my mind has been, oh, my God, what is four years going to be like? Is it going to be like my daughter was? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then just to try to remember, like, I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. It so, might be. And it might yeah, not. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. thank you for your talk. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> thank you. Well, I think that um, I, as um, you were talking and uh, uh, kind of the interchange that went on between you and Kate, um, I, I, this phrase came to mind that um, patience is not passive. Mm. And I think that really um, helps me to think of patience as active and um, kind of alive and... Um, it sort of changes how I how I think about it. If if I'm being uh, actually, I mean, listening to your talk, I realize I've been incredibly impatient lately. I didn't realize how impatient I've, I've been, and I'm just. But it really is um, patience. Just seems more appealing. Thinking of it in um, as as both something as as a strength, uh-huh. as a strength as a sort of an active strength, but yeah. a, a kind of a calm, active strength. Um, so I just thought I'd pass that along. <laughs> I, it's wonderful. Thank you. I'm glad that you pulled those pieces out. It's um, When I was thinking about what to talk about uh, this evening and knowing that I actually have a number of Thursday nights uh, where I'm speaking this summer, because uh, James is out of town, um, I was 
hoping I could come up with a theme to to help me come up with a, a topic every single time. And a traditional list or anything, something like that just wasn't really speaking to me. And one of the things that what is speaking to me right now is exploring practice um, through uh, the feminine. And, um, you know, I think that as a woman, um, this idea of being patient is learned perhaps... Um, societally in a way that is not so positive. And it can be more like a doormat. And so we get this idea that patience, um, that perhaps it is something that's weak or something that's passive. And there's something I know for myself, and maybe not just for um, those of you who identify as female in the room, but... Um, for those of you um, who are just in touch with the feminine, which is in all of us, that reclaiming this patience as something actually, there is something very feminine about it, and it's very strong, and it is very active. And um, I think it's something to be explored, and that's part of, I'm glad you said what you said, because actually that really speaks to my own exploration in this particular uh, theme. So thank you for, for bringing that up. It allowed me to voice that. Yeah. So I think I'll, I'll end here. So we have time for the dedication. But I, I first want to just appreciate everybody, for those of you who shared and, and those of you who just listened. It just felt really cohesive tonight, and um, I really enjoyed that. So I would like to um, dedicate this, this time that we've spent together. We always take time to acknowledge that this practice is not just for ourselves even though we often come to it to help ourselves. But actually, even without perhaps knowing it, our practice is not just for ourselves. It can't be. And so we dedicate the time that we've spent here this evening practicing, sharing, learning together to all beings, uh, those who are very near and dear to us, our loved ones, those who uh, we interact with on a daily basis and maybe uh, don't even know them so well. We dedicate it to the people that go unseen by us. We dedicate it to all the living beings in all the different directions And so I'll read out some of these uh, more specific dedications. And this first one, I'm ha- I can't quite read the end of it, but um, I think the essence of it is uh, to the 10,000 dogs and cats um, that are killed annually. Uh, and it looks like um, maybe in a ceremony, but I can't read it. Um, but yeah, to to our... Uh, 
to the dogs and the cats that um, perhaps are being treated in a way that is not only uh, disrespectful but harmful, that we remember all of the beings. We dedicate this to Ellen uh, and towards her healing And to perhaps this is another Ellen. Uh, my friend Ellen is moving today to a nursing home. Uh, may she be safe and protected. So we dedicate this to Ellen. And uh, tell me the name again of your niece. Poor Kim. To poor Kim that uh, she may heal. And also that she may find strength during this time, and for her family as well, going through this with her. So may all beings uh, have safety uh, from within and from without. May all beings have health in their mind and in their body. May all beings find happiness, true happiness. May all beings find the ability to let go, to be patient, to be free. Thank you, everyone, for your attention. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.